0: So when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today.
1: Hold that note, please. John Landecker, 720 WGN. Thank you for tuning in. I want to warn everybody. You ever see the movie Talladega Nights and the kids go, hey, I'm jacked up on Mountain Dew. Well, I want to warn you. I'm jacked up right now on good and plenty. I'm not kidding, Steve. Good and
2: plenty? I yeah. love good and plenty. I love good and plenty. Are you going to a movie? That's N- movie no. candy. No, I
1: know it is. But uh, I had uh, a stress test earlier today, and I'm just fine. And I'm rolling into the city, and all of a sudden, I'm going, I think my uh, sugar level of whatever has gone down, so I'm going to go get some uh, good and plenty. I used to love them.
2: So you I'm still a, do, apparently. Yes,
1: apparently I do. So yeah, I love Good and
2: Plenty. You know, um, th- here's a miracle. What's a miracle? If I had Good and Plenty right now, they'd be all over my teeth. I'd have trouble broadcasting. Yeah, you have no problem because you're John Landecker.
1: Well, no, wait a minute. And I have no problem because the Good and Plenty are down the hall in another office. <laughs> oh. It's got nothing new with who I am. <laughs> oh. It's the same reason you don't have them right now. I wish I did. I'll give you, you can have some on the way out. If really, you want, little Stevie. You want some <laughs> Thank good you. and plenty? Yes, okay. I love good and plenty. All right, you're not here to talk about good and plenty. I'm I just warning everybody. I'm jacked up. So we're going to talk about some things. With, uh, pets, of course, and I'm going to start out in a certain order. Okay,
2: whatever you, wherever you okay. go, I'll follow. All right.
1: How well do dogs truly understand us? Likely more than we think.
2: Yes. So it turns out that uh, a survey was done, and according to that survey, dogs do understand far more. Now, I got a question. Yes, sir. How do
1: they know the dog is understanding it? <laughs> Come
2: on. <laughs> well, okay, so if you ask your dog, uh-huh. I like putting it that way rather than saying tell your dog, yes. but if you ask your dog to sit and your dog sits, yes. if you say to your dog, we're going out now, Right. Now, actually, yeah. here's why you ask a really good question, come to think of it. Because when you say, we're really going out thou, and the dog runs to the door. And you don't? Is the dog, well, is the dog understanding the words, or is it the tone of voice?
1: Well, you know, I think it's both. Because I can pick up a leash without saying anything to the dog.
2: Well, And then the dog, dog sees the
1: leash, and it's yeah. time to go. Yeah. That's like, uh, what do they call that, you know, we're... There's a word Non-verbal? for tra- no, no training. It's a certain kind of training. Positive Repet- reinforcement. Yes, yeah. right, right. Yes, it is. Like giving food. My That's dog like- can understand anything I say if I give it food. Did you
2: know <laughs> that? <laughs> There's some truth to that. That's so true. if if let's say, let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. If let's say every time I said, "Look out that window behind you at the Ferris wheel at Navy Pier," mm-hmm. Now you're not doing it. I just said I'm it. I'm not a how, dog. How, wait. However, well, some might think uh, okay, otherwise. Okay. However, however, mm. if every time I say that, a $100 bill falls from the sky, you'd be more likely to do it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. What's the yeah. point? When you reinforce, <laughs> things are more likely to happen. You're more okay. likely to learn. Okay. And that's true whether it's a dog, a cat, a parrot, a parrot, know, parrot, or a dog. I've or seen, a person.
1: I've seen some very entertaining things on TikTok. And what it is, is a dog would be sitting... Behind its owner on the couch, and the owner will be pretending to talk on the phone, and there will be certain keywords like "we're going out," sure. and the dog like raises its head. Oh yes, I think that's a real treat, and the dog is like, "What? What's going on? Where are
2: we?" It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, so let me tell you a secret, please. You won't tell anyone. Just I between promise. us, okay? So we used to watch our neighbor's dog across the hall, Boots Montgomery. <laughs> When, when Boots Montgomery parents would go on vacation uh-huh. or go on a business trip. And they would always call, now, this was before cell phones, and they'd call on the landline, and we put them on a speakerphone. Uh-huh. And they would talk to Boots. And they would get so excited. The people would get so excited because I said, Boots is listening. The truth is, sometimes Boots would listen. Sometimes Boots would walk three rooms away. Boots really didn't care all that much. And I never had the heart to tell them. So did Boots recognize their voice? I don't know.
1: uh, Did Boots like to walk? Yeah. Because Boots are made for walking. (laughs) Hey, now, look out. Bingo, I'm here until 10. Try the veal.
2: (laughs) Yes, you are all hyped up. You're right about that. I am. I'm
1: jacked up on uh, good and plenty. Good and
2: plenty, yes, yes. (laughs) forget about that cbd stuff it's good and plenty
1: well you got a point yeah
2: yeah i think so
1: actually they go well together i'm told <laughs> really i did
2: i had no idea i know you don't yeah yes thank you <laughs> so yes dogs do understand far more than we think and according to the survey they understand terms like i love you
1: now how do they know that tone of voice yeah, expression on your face, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're stroking the dog when yeah. you say it, or something. I mean, do like your that?
2: dogs? Do you think your dog? You, you're a dog lover. Yeah. You've always oh, had. Yeah. I have a dog, yes. right? Do you think your dog knows you love the dog? Absolutely. How?
1: We hang out together all the time. I'm petting him all the time. We're watching TV together. Uh well, you can watch he, TV
2: together he loves with someone. Both of
1: us. I mean, he'll follow my wife down the hall if she goes into the bathroom and close the door. He'll sit on the carpet outside and in the wait. hallway and wait.
2: Yeah. 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 And when he you come home. not care if I go to the bathroom. you just like. Well, that takes ah. a while. That's why. No patience. Oh, However, very good. Thank you. However, when you come home, even if you just go out to get something from the car, you forgot something in the yes. car, it's like you've been gone for a half oh, hour. absolutely. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That's the amazing thing about dogs.
1: So how many words are, or how many, how does this communication with dogs, how many things does it do it do dogs understand inherently without having to be trained how about that
2: yes they do what Uh, they pick it up on their own
1: they pick it up on their own because they
2: make associations so if you say i want do you want to go out and then the door opens and then you put the leash on the dog makes that association you don't need to train the dog to do those things yeah to say sit stay roll over yes but Everyday words is what the survey was all about.
1: So if I asked the dog to explain the algorithm used by Amazon, he (laughs) probably wouldn't understand what
2: I'm saying, right? Maybe a Border Collie, but no. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, probably not. The Border Collie, by the way, there was this one woman who trained a Border Collie, uh, the smartest dog ever, whose name was Chaser, who knew something like 3,000 names of toys.
1: Oh, I heard about
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, so she's, and they'd
1: show it. Yeah, and, I just yeah. I
2: just interviewed her. Oh, you uh, did? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Not the dog. The, right. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, <laughs> she said when we would have the dog stay with other people or whatever, we would have to write out the names of the toys, because who's going to remember that? The dog would, but the people wouldn't. This dog knew no, more wait. than the people. Run
1: that by me again. You so, had to write out the names for the people.
2: Yeah, so if you watch this dog... Yes. Let, let, Dog has since passed away. Sorry but if you were that. to watch, but if you were to watch this dog, how would you know the name of three thousand toys?
1: I would never know. Yeah, three thousand toys. Of course not. I don't know the names of three thousand anything.
2: <laughs> Me neither. However, the dog did. So ah. if people watched the dog, they would have to. They had a list, and there was like some toys. There was hot dog number one, hot dog number two, hot dog number three, and the dog would actually go to get one, two, and three. Yeah, and I That's think, amazing. And I think our dogs. Not all dogs can do that. I do believe that our dogs are more intelligent than we give them credit for mm-hmm. or cats. We just don't ask enough of them.
1: Well, I guess I'm going to home, go home and uh, see what he can recognize from the dictionary.
2: More <laughs> I think so. with
1: Steve Dale next on 720 WGN. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're walking dogs and talking dogs with Steve Dale. Uh 53125917200. Um, somebody's calling in. It is kate from frankfurt hello you're on with steve dale and wgn good evening
2: kate hi kate
0: hi steve i have a question for you
2: i have an answer maybe
0: so what changes have people noticed in their dogs post pandemic has being home with them a lot um caused them to be more anxious
2: In some cases, yes. And in fact, Kate, you must know this. I am going to be speaking about this very topic at a veterinary conference coming up. The uh, ACVC, as it's called. It's in Atlantic City. It's in a couple of weeks. And I've been talking about it. So the number one behavior problem in dogs now, today, right here... Because of the pandemic? Maybe. is separation anxiety. Now, it had been a growing issue anyway, but it seems as though some dogs so here's what happened
1: well wait a minute, let me ask yeah Kate did your dog's behavior change is that what this question comes up
0: yeah I think she prefers us not to be home with her
2: not to really be? what whoa yeah no kidding well that's a new one <laughs> yeah I had not heard that before hey get out not are you are you are you making silly faces at your dog are you is there a reason for this
1: too much time I together.
0: Know. I mean, she seems to do better with um, being home with a man than being home oh, with um, oh. females.
1: Oh well, that's a different story. It is a yeah. different yeah. story. That, you know, um, I'm I'm sort of the opposite myself. But yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm not sure it has anything to do with the pandemic necessarily directly. We do see more separation anxiety, and I can describe why that might be associated in part. To the pandemic, however, your situation I want to talk about first maybe so your dog is having a party when you leave the house
0: <laughs> she's calmer when she's by herself and she seems really anxious when we're home with her
2: hmm. how do you know that do you have cameras on her
0: I do not um, it just it seems like when we come home that she's a lot more calmer and relaxed than when we're home with her all day.
2: What huh. happens when you're home with her all day? What does she do?
0: She's like um, like a Siamese twin.
2: Is she pacing back and forth? Is she uh, yeah. barking at the door too much? Is she doing these things for attention, do you think? Do you think you're anxious and causing that anxiety? Mm. Ooh, mm. I don't know well I, it could be it could
1: be we all play off of her when we're all home together it's supposed to be the other way around i think
2: it is
1: <laughs> get <laughs> out is a lot of you know what? i don't know anything about anything but get out a lot of treats and see what happens thanks for calling that is kate up in frankfurt
2: treats oh. are never a bad thing unless you oh, no. give too many then we yeah. have overweight and obese
1: uh, we only have uh, steve's gonna i decided uh, steve's gonna stay with us with uh, rebecca fife oh rats yeah Yes, indeed, maybe, and also spiders. Oh, I love spiders. There's big spider news. Oh, really? I can't wait to hear that. Oh, I'm telling you, when I say big,
2: it's big. We've got giant spiders coming to Chicago, Okay,
1: increasing, I was talking to Dr. Uh, Copeland from Northwestern Medical about this, I think, last night. We were talking about, generally, vaccines, and it got into animals, and I said, I've heard that there are people... Who are hesitant about vaccinating their dogs? What is going yeah, on?
2: you know, it, it all began. It, it's it had been happening anyway, right? And then the, the again, here's a pandemic story uh, with the vaccines for COVID nineteen and the whole political controversy about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, that has somehow, some way, absolutely spread to how people feel about uh, dogs and cats. So, in a new survey. Uh, from Boston University School of Public Health, a study of 2,200 dog owners, 40% of respondents believe that canine vaccines are unsafe. 20% said the vaccines are ineffective, and another 30% said they're medically unnecessary, and nearly 40% said they believe dogs can get autism from the vaccine you
1: know i believe animals should be taken away from all of those people
2: that's <laughs> well, all i have to yeah say. yeah you know, i mean in some how place you not
1: vaccinate a dog for rabies well how that's you the possibly thing do all that? right
2: so what we know what we know is when there isn't a vaccine for canine distemper for example or canine parvovirus given in a community for whatever reason vaccine numbers are low guess what We see canine parvovirus and canine distemper. We know that one of the major problems on the world, in the world, on this planet, about 60,000 people every year die of rabies. And, And when Groups of veterinarians go into Africa or uh, Eastern Asia, and they vaccinate. Those numbers decline. That means the vaccine works. And one more thing, because I know we're tight on time. We got here. about a minute. And okay, a half, and
1: then we're coming back.
2: Yeah, yeah. Th- th- one, that one more thing is that autism. We don't even know. That that occurs in dogs in the first place. Never mind the fact. According to the CDC, there is no relationship in humans between vaccination and autism. But to say it must happen in dogs—what
1: happens when my dog inherently knows how to play the piano?
2: What's well, that? <laughs> then you have a uh, maestro. I'm I don't know. Uh, yes, thank you.
1: Uh, well, you know, there's been just a general. Disavowing of the importance of science across yes, the board, yes. which is just unbelievable.
2: People have their own opinions, and but my opinion yeah.
1: now is better than anybody who exactly. has studied this topic and is educated on it, yeah. or my friend told me about it,
2: yeah. or I read it on some website, or yeah, somebody put it on Facebook. Yes, it's the internet, you know, and people are just believing. All of this stuff. And it's a shame because our dogs don't you can't ask the dog right now. Sometimes some veterinarians do quote over vaccinate. Sometimes some veterinarians give too many vaccines all at once or it's your fault friends for saying I'm not going to come in twice. I want all the vaccines all at once. I don't want to get half now and then come in a couple of weeks from now. So Yes, those things can be solved. Okay, but but yeah. to say the vaccines should not be necessary and rabies—if we do not vaccinate for rabies <laughs> in this country, insane. we will have rabies. Yes.
1: Uh, all right, we're going to do more with Steve. It's is going to be a surprise uh, for Rebecca Fife, uh, director of research at Landmark Pest Management. She's coming on to talk spiders. Steve knows about spiders. uh, Rebecca Fife is here with us, Director of Research at Landmark Pest Pest Management. And also, I wanted to tell you, uh, Rebecca, uh, Steve Dale was on in the earlier half hour, and I... Just told him to sit around, and he's in the studio. So you're probably going to hear from him too.
2: Maybe hi, Rebecca. Oh,
1: wonderful! Hey, hi, do, Steve. Do itsy bitsy spiders have the ability to crawl up the water spout just off the top they, of my
3: head? They indeed do. They're they're not nearly as creepy as that song that you just played.
2: right <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like spiders a whole lot better than that song. Spiders, <laughs> I don't think
1: are are generally welcome. They should be. Should they be, yes. Rebecca? Well,
3: you know, we have um, an aversion to the one, to spiders, even the ones that are non-toxic and can't harm us. Yeah. I think it's just humans have evolved with an aversion for spiders and snakes, even the harmless ones. So um, our clients are often very intolerant of um, having spiders on their homes or in their basements. And, yeah. you know, as much as I love insects and bugs, I really don't want to hold spiders. I went to an event called a reptile swap. It's a very distinguished uh, gathering, John, where people purchase um, insects and reptiles that they collect. And the reason I was there is we have a traveling zoo that I call my creepy zoo that Landmark Pest Management brings out to various public engagements to engage the public about bugs. And uh, I picked up a, uh, a couple of tarantulas at the last reptile swap that I attended. And when I brought them back to my office, everything else we have is is harmless. They're the only thing that I have that, you know, has irritating hairs and fangs. And the gal who is our creepy zookeeper, her name <laughs> is Anna, she took one look at these and said, oh my gosh, what did you do? And I hope they're male, because male spiders live just a fraction as long as the females. If, these, if I had gotten... Female tarantulas they would have lived like thirteen years, but the males only live uh, two years. So I said, "No, don't worry, Anna. I am uh, definitely afraid of commitment." So I got. <laughs> males.
1: Are we? We are in some sort of spider season, aren't we? Yeah,
3: we yeah. are. So spiders are active spring through fall in our region in areas that are warmer they're active year-round outdoors but in our area you don't really see them active outdoors in the winter time they have a, a solution in their blood that's almost like antifreeze so they can go under layers of bark or other hiding places and wait out the coldest part of the winter but when they're in their suppressed metabolic state they don't need to eat during that time and they just really hold still and try to survive the winter so,
1: so they're hi- they're hibernating is what you're saying right the uh oh we lost uh oh no Rebecca Fife oh uh, well something I could, happened I, with our phone so, system so, for, I could so do, you for, well, do you hibernate do you hibernate the uh, <laughs> no I love months? I
2: like winter but you know for spiders the the concern for tarantulas specifically isn't the bite as much as those irritating or uric what are they called U- I don't irritating. know let's ask Rebecca yeah, the, Rebecca the, are you there yeah, it's the hairs actually, and what they do wait is wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, no. There she is. John, there,
1: do you, there you do, are. Do
3: you think? Do you think the spiders got in the telephone line? I'm, I'm, I think Spider
1: Man <laughs> might have done something. Yeah, an evil web that did not include our phone line. Um, yeah. What were we just? What were you asking oh, so, me?
2: So, so if for tarantula specifically, as I was vamping a little when we lost you, is it's not the bite so much, but it's those urate. You're a, what are those hairs called? There's a name for those Erdicating. hairs. Irritating. Thank yeah, you. Irritating
3: hairs very irritating. Yes, they their hairs are a terrible irritant, and people have different levels of sensitivity to them. So they are not a very recommended pet. And Anna will be glad when our when our two bachelor spiders kick off. I'm sure because <laughs> she's taking great care of them and she loves them, and she is is taking wonderful care but she doesn't like having something scary in her, in her creepy zoo she prefers the madagascar hissing cockroaches mm-hmm. and the death-staining beetles and the creatures that are good for handling so she's asked me not to replace the spiders when they um spring Aww. forth from this mortal coil
1: yeah. i love i love the idea of a creepy zoo that you take <laughs> out you know who's coming hey it's rebecca and the creepy zoo Oh, what has she got I'll now? Bring it to the studio. All, yeah. all sorts of bugs.
2: So, so one in, one insect that I don't love. You mentioned the Madagascar hissing cockroaches. We don't have those native here, but we certainly have two things that I I'm interested in hearing you talk about anyway. If John is is, is interested, be my guest. And one would be cockroaches, and the other would be rats. And there are people that actually in Chicago in their homes, John, have rats, plural, city rats, brown rats, Norwegian rats, whatever you want to call them, because the rat issue has become so disgusting, not only in Chicago, but a lot of major cities. So I'd love to hear your views on those things.
1: You take care of rats, don't you, Rebecca? We do. You yes. bet. We take
3: care of rats very expertly. We inspect the buildings to determine how they're entering, and they're not always entering above grade. In fact, we find that a lot of times there's breaks in the plumbing that is going under someone's slab or alongside someone's slab, six feet below grade, and the rats can exit through that break And then there is, um, you know, they can climb along the top of the pipe on the outside of it. And then the hole where it penetrates the foundation wall or the slab is just too big. And then they can come in and they enter under people's cast iron bathtubs and in wall voids and in places that are really hard to get to. So we have a team of structural inspectors who specialize in the hard to solve rat issues. Um, and they have tremendous success. But the problem is that a lot of times people have to take out their whole jacuzzi or take out their cast iron tub to get it sealed underneath. So it's it's quite expensive to solve structural rat issues sometimes.
1: You know, there's a lot of rats in New York, and I heard and believe it, that they have actually turned their rat problem, although you want to get rid of it. Some people are actually giving rat tours. You can pay somebody <laughs> to take you on a tour of the most rat-infested parts of uh, New York City. I mean... Whoever would have thought that would be a tourist attraction, you know? I mean, <laughs> it,
3: it's very cool, and you don't have to go all the way right. to New York for that. There's actually a gentleman giving rat tours in Chicago. What? His what? His name is Mike. His website is tourswithmike.com. Website. It? Website? That's, uh, what yeah, was tours I? Get? Tours Mike? with Mike? Tours with Mike. And I went on Mike's rat
1: tour, and it was very cool. Tell us about it. Where did you, where did you go? What did you see?
3: Well, we met um, one level below uh, the, the merchandise market. basically. Yeah. We met, you know, kind of under uh, Whacker Drive there, and we walked all around, and we, he took us uh, to dumpsters, and he <laughs> showed us uh, all kinds of historic places um, that are down there as well, and then he took us Uh, through the metro station and into the pedway and it was a really cool history tour and rat tour combined and he took a whole team of scientists there's a Mm -hmm. project that the lincoln park zoo uh, urban wildlife research institute is sponsoring called the chicago rat project and this was actually an outing that i attended with the scientists from the Chicago Rat Project. So, you know, poor Mike, I, he, he had to get his rat facts really straight. You because bet. He took out a team of rat scientists, but he did a great job, and we all had a blast.
1: Well, I guess we have enough rats to uh, attract some kind of tourism. I want to get back to, uh, we got a few minutes left, I want to get back to an article I saw about um, orb-weaving spiders. And I'll just read you the headline pear-shaped creatures with unusual genitalia found in Australia. I know it rhymes, but that's not the point. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Can you explain this newfound creature?
3: Absolutely. So orb weavers are a really big family of spiders. And the ones that were found in Australia um, are not the same ones that are found here. But orb weavers are actually one of the number one spiders that Chicagoans complain about this time of year. They're present from spring through fall outdoors, and there aren't more of them in the fall, but they really increase their body size. So while you might not complain if something is taking up, you know, three square inches in the bottom corner of your window by the time it's... covers 75% of the window, we get a lot of phone calls about it. So, we get a lot of phone calls right now about orb weavers, and, these, and the people say, you know, they came out of nowhere, they're huge, and here they are all of a sudden, but really, they've been there, they're just noticing them because they're so much bigger right now.
0: Well,
1: apparently, the people who uh, discovered this new species are pop culture aware, they have named the speech species Venomous Tom Hardy, Tom, wait a minute, yeah, Tom, H-A-R-D-Y-I, because it res- resembles Marvel's Venom character portrayed by Tom Hardy. So there's an example of where they get their names from. <laughs> that's, that's sort of popular, I would think, don't you think? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have any more uh, things that we need to know about? Spiders at this time of year, Rebecca? Well, people
3: who don't like insects tell me that they moved to apartments or downtown high-rise condos to get away from the spiders. Oh, wow. Wow. And They're you... very surprised Love. when it doesn't work. Yeah. No. Because, <laughs> because spiders, certain species like the great cross spider, can do something called ballooning, where they stand on the edge of a balcony or building, and they let out a little bit of silk until the wind catches it and they can actually travel all the way across lake michigan so the downtown building is full of the people who wanted to get away from all the wildlife and bugs in the suburbs so they moved to the high rises uh the high rises are covered in spiders too and the people weren't able to escape them
1: are you telling me that a spider travels across the lake using its web so to speak
3: yes absolutely
2: wow and using the wind you you know it's incredible that's amazing. And that's how spiders populate different islands that are 1,000 miles away from another island. I mean, how would a spider do that? Listen and they to do. you two. Um, see? No, that's, it is on. incredible. Haven't you looked out the window? Well, maybe you're not here during the day enough, but I've looked out the window, and we're on the 18th floor here, yeah. and, and I've seen spiders right there, of right course. out the window.
1: Hey, Rebecca, as we wrap it up, Director of Research at Landmark Pest Management, if people have questions about spiders... Rats, me what what uh <laughs> another pest? <laughs> yeah. Where are, how should they reach you? How are there ways to reach you?
3: They can find me on the web at landmarkpest.com. Web John, did you see what I did there? Yeah, i see that
1: yeah.
3: Landmarkpest dot com or they can call our office at seven seven three six one four pest P
1: E S T. Thank you for being with us again Rebecca always informative and watch Thank the you, watch the web